Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. everyone, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm super excited today to be joined by Chris Teal. Chris is a staff reporter for GCN, where he covers state and local government technology. Hey, Chris. Hey, Christine. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming on today. We're excited to learn more about you and what you cover at GCN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. So can you give us a quick overview of your background and your role at GCN to start? Sure. So I've uh, I've been in journalism for um, nine nine and a half years now, which is as long as is as long as I've lived in the in the U.S. As you'll probably note from the accent, um, mm-hmm. I started my journalism career in local news. Um, I was covering some of the communities just outside of uh, Washington D.C., where I still live, um, and then moved into the tech space uh, about four years ago. Now uh, I covered smart cities for Industry Dive, the business journalism publication and have been covering tech ever since. I went to Morning Consult um, last year, and then this year I was uh, moved over to uh, to GCN. That's awesome. So what is your role covering? I, I was on your, your page earlier at GCN, and you cover everything from cybersecurity to the cloud, um, even hiring, all kinds of different topics. Um, can you give us a quick overview of kind of the main things that you look to cover and then who your audience is? Sure. I mean, so for me personally, I cover, as you say, a lot of cybersecurity, mm-hmm. um, ransomware and, and and all that sort of stuff. Um, I also cover a lot of infrastructure, which is broadband internet, 5G, um, cloud migration, data centers and that sort of thing. And then I have a bit of a catch-all as well in that I really like to cover some of the offbeat stuff, things that people don't necessarily um, write about very much, um, and that's a kind of ad hoc, as and when basis. Um, You know, GCN's audience is the state and local government IT manager, essentially, Um, you know, chief information officer, uh, the chief information security officer, uh, those kinds of roles. And so we always write with with those people in mind. when we when we're producing articles okay and then what and maybe you just said it too but i know um gcn is part of the gov exec brand what makes gcn different from other publications in the industry covering a similar space well other than the fact that they have me which i think makes them very different um i of course well exactly <laughs> I, I would say that we're actually we're very specific in the terms of the topics that we cover we only have I'd say three or four topics in our in our wheelhouse. You go to some other publications, they're covering hirings and firings and all sorts of various things, um, you know, within uh, the tech space. We have a very specific lane that we're in and a very specific audience mm-hmm. that we write for. Um, and I think that really makes us stand out and means that we have quite specialized um, knowledge and expertise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so what are... What have been like some of the top topics and trends that you've covered so far in 2022 in this space? Uh, I think the biggest topic um, that has certainly been most interesting to our readers has been um, the influx of federal money that's expected to come in. You've got a billion dollars coming in from um, the Department of Homeland Security to help with 
um, state and local cybersecurity. Um, and you've also got um, tens of billions of dollars coming down from the federal government mm. uh, to invest in broadband internet deployment as well. Uh, those are things that a lot of our readers are really interested in because who doesn't want money from the federal government sure. to help advance their goals, right? Um, so those are two topics that I think will continue to be really interesting to our readers, especially as more information comes out and there's um, a whole round of um, maps due out for further, for the broadband um, as, as we kind of speak. Uh -huh. um, so those are the two topics I think are most interesting to our readers. Um, beyond that, the big one I'm always interested in is, is the cybersecurity side of things, the ransomware uh -huh. attacks. Um, you, you know, just since I've been, I've been at GCN since August. And just in that time, you've had a rural county in Colorado be attacked and mm -hmm. you've had the Los Angeles Unified School District be attacked. That's kind of two ends of the, the spectrum there in terms of density, in terms of uh, scale, in terms of size. But it, I think it really shows that people are, should be still concerned about being hacked by um, bad actors. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I think we're going to be seeing a lot um, more of that when it comes to critical infrastructure and things of that nature in cybersecurity as we get into 2023. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and then I know that, um, you know, you've had a couple other, um, as you mentioned, a couple other roles at Industry Dive and Morning Consult. You know, over the years and even the past few months at GCN, what has been one of the most memorable stories that you've been a part of? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> if we're looking back over several years, I mean, God, there's there's been all sorts of things. One that I, I think about a lot that I wrote for GCN was about uh, Virginia's effort to uh, roll out broadband internet throughout mm -hmm. the entire state. Um, they're leaning on their electric cooperatives, which back in the 1930s, when we were electrifying America, were the ones who who did the work in these kind of fairly remote parts of the, the country because the, the big companies didn't want to go in there because they couldn't make a business case. Um, now you're seeing uh, these co-ops do basically the same thing, but for broadband internet, they're the ones going out there and putting fiber in the ground or or in the mm -hmm. skies or and that sort of thing. I, I find that really interesting. And they say they're going to get it done within four years, wow. which is quite the promise to be making. But, you know, who would bet against them, given that they have this history of doing it? Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely an aggressive timeline for something of that nature. Very. Um, and it's it's not really been done anywhere yet in a kind of a big state sense. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Virginia, I live in Virginia right now, and it's yeah. huge. Um yeah, it blows my mind that they think they can get it done and you know good luck to them yeah it's funny it kind of reminds me of a different topic but i live in virginia also and saw all the news this week about the metro opening Loudoun mm. county and everyone said the same thing like oh this is going to take forever and ever and it did take a very long time but um i think some people were surprised that it actually did happen uh, this week <laughs> oh i don't i mean i definitely was god I've, I've lived here as a safe nine and a bit years and i think the silver line has been promised in some form for you know far longer than i've been around yeah. um, so no it's it's great to have it as an option now um and uh -huh. you know it just goes to show you you have to be a little bit patient with these things sometimes and they do eventually get done mm -hmm, absolutely um so how have you seen technology in the government space evolve over the years 
That's a, it's a really interesting question. I think, and, and I go back to when I was when I was covering smart cities for um for industry dive, and I go to trade shows and conferences, and it was as if you had all these people looking at all this technology and thinking, well, we should have some of this. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really sure what to do with it, I think, in a lot of ways. They would make these investments in whatever sensors, collect all this data, and then go, well, hold on a second. We have all this data. We, what do we do with it now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I've seen in the past um, few years, um, and the pandemic has only made this more uh, apparent is that now you've I think a lot of governments are looking at technology thinking yeah this is great but how can we do this in such a way that it benefits our residents um, you know how do we take advantage of all the data that we are mm-hmm. collecting and have outcomes you know that, that we want uh, which is good uh, I think but to that same token and this is me getting very off off piste here uh, I think the procurement process hasn't quite evolved as quickly. Is one mm-hmm. of the things I'm hearing from a lot of people is it's hard to write an RFP or an RFI for some of this technology still, even as it's become mm-hmm. more and more widespread. Um, so mm-hmm. there's kind of that interesting push and pull going on. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then, you know, switching kind of gears to another fun topic is... I'm sure you've gotten over the years and even now to this day, a lot of PR pitches, um, you know, people trying to get, talk to you to get included in some of your stories, especially with cybersecurity. Um, How do you handle that? And what advice would you give to um, PR professionals or companies trying to, um, trying to talk to you? Yeah, look, I have a lot of friends in PR. I have a lot of respect for that particular side of the fence. Um, Nothing irritates me more than when someone emails me and then follows up with a phone call. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't don't need to do that. Just email Mm -hmm. me. I promise I've seen it. And if I'm if I'm going to respond, I'll respond. I promise. That's kind of my first thing. Uh Um, In terms of what do I look for from pitches? um, I want to, if you're offering me a conversation with you know a client tell me how they have expertise in a certain area you know Mm -hmm. I'm not going to write about somebody's startup I'm just not my readers aren't interested in it um in in the same way I'm not going to write about a client who just raised 300 million in a series a funding round yeah congratulations but I don't know that my readers are that interested Mm -hmm. what I want to know is okay maybe there's a news hook maybe there's a trend that they're seeing you know what can what 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 can you tell me about it based on your experiences um what what kind of expertise can you share um how how can we help shape our readers understanding of this topic mm-hmm. that's really what i'm interested in um so yeah that's 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 what i'm looking for really yeah, that makes sense. I think it's important to understand who the audience is that you're writing for and, you know, cater that resource to how they solve how they solve the problem that your audience is looking to solve. I think that's kind of what it comes down to, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, my, I had an interesting conversation with my editor um, last week and she said, look, what we want is for people to read our, is for the, the state and local IT professionals to read our work and go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really stuck with me because 
offer me some insight, offer me some expertise, offer me some things I hadn't thought about. You know, I'm I'm no expert in this field, um, yeah. despite my demeanor. Um, I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm I want to learn as well, um, mm-hmm. and that's I think we're that's that's why I love this kind of journalism is because we're all just trying to learn and get better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think everyone has to learn as they go, especially in a field like technology where things are always changing. New innovation is constantly happening. Yeah, I some of the technology things that I've seen and that I write about uh, blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a proof of concept a few years ago, and now it's it's coming to fruition, and it's it's only going to keep changing and keep growing. And um, it's kind of scary sometimes, but it's 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 good fun. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, so what are some other things that like GCN has on the horizon, maybe looking ahead to the next couple of months or so? Uh, well, we will continue to do lots of events. Um, we do a lot of webinars at the moment, um, interviews with interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to moderating a few more of those. And there's talk of us, um, you know, obviously next year is a new year and I'll be interested to see where we go with that. Um, in terms of my, own articles and, and things like that i'm i'm gonna continue to be interested in the kind of interplay between the federal government and their grant money mm-hmm. and how state and local governments will be using it uh yeah. the cyber grants the broadband grants this is a lot of money that is going to be coming into state and local governments and i'm really interested in how they will be making use of it um to try and you know make people's lives better and keep us safe mm-hmm yeah, that's going to be really fascinating to follow as that kind of gets worked out and everything. Yeah, I, it's 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 funny because you see the 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 notice of funding opportunity come through from the the federal government, particularly on the cyber grants, and you you kind of read it and you think, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that could be good. Um, and it and and it's becoming a reality. And look, by no means is anyone saying that you know, the billion dollars for cybersecurity is going to solve all of the problems in the world. I think they would have wanted yeah. a couple of extra zeros on that, but it's, it's a start. And it's, so I think it's an exciting time. This is the first time we've had cybersecurity grants for state and local governments from the feds. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot out there to be, uh, to be interested, to be excited in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, like that spotlight that attackers have on cities, critical infrastructure, smart cities, things like that, it's definitely going to be needed, right? As attackers get more advanced and sophisticated. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I got an email a few days ago. Um, apparently, we're, we're, we're maybe just past or we're bringing up the one year anniversary of that water treatment facility in Florida mm-hmm. being hacked. Um, where that, that, that could have been really dangerous if those attackers... Mm-hmm had actually achieved their aims. Um, so, and it's it's the things that affect us every day. I mean, you know, if if the local power authority gets hacked in, in Virginia, we're not going to be able to finish the Zoom call. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I'm not going to be able to cook my dinner later. It's, right. it, it's, it has very real world consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. I think people are starting to realize that more and more. And I think, you know, reporting like yours and others helps bring light to that as well. I mean, I hope so. I try my best. <laughs> um, so pivoting a bit to some of the listener questions um, that came in. The first one is, what is the most interesting hot take or opinion you've heard about either the industry or technology lately from a, a spokesperson or subject matter expert? Yeah, this 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 was a really interesting uh, question. Um, 
and I, I I've been mulling it over for a while, and I'm going to stay in the cybersecurity field. Okay. Someone said to me recently that the only way that we will see regulations or rules or government mandates on something like this is if something really, really bad happens, and then we have to kind of dig ourselves out of it. Mm. Um, and I'm thinking about that for a while because in some areas, we're just kind of bumbling along, not really worried about being attacked. And if we do get attacked, then it's going to force people to go, oh, wait a second, we need to strengthen this. Um, and I, I thought that was just a really interesting opinion to have um, because it's always it, it, it's similar to a lot of things in life, right? I mean, you know, you think you're going to be okay and, and, and then something happens and it turns out that you're not and you have to spend... Yeah money you know it, i could i could think i'm gonna cross the road just fine and then i get hit by a bus and then i have to spend several thousand dollars on medical expenses it's, it's kind of the same principle um and i just found that a really interesting um kind of thing to think about and a, a slightly morbid analogy i just drew and i apologize <laughs> no that that definitely makes sense i think that's a really, uh, interesting take hmm. yeah i mean it's it's yeah definitely um and It'll, it'll be the same as, as we continue becoming more interconnected. Um, it, it, it's something that we'll have to keep thinking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I think we, we sort of addressed the second one earlier about how you prefer to be pitched. And, and you said, you know, don't bother calling, send an email. You'll most likely read the email and then decide what to do with it. But any other best practices, even when it comes to cutting through some of the noise in the industry, especially in the cybersecurity space right now, it's very no noisy space. Yeah, I mean, the advice I always give people is if you're going to pitch me something, don't make it too jargony. Um, yeah. You know, a quick, short subject line that's to the point and tells you what I need to, why I need to, why I need to be opening this email. And then I like pitches to be three, four paragraphs long, you know, not with big run on sentences full of acronyms and <laughs> this, that, and the other. Uh, tell me, tell me, just, just tell me why I need to care about this. Um, why is this important and yeah as i say save all the buzzwords and the terminology and everything else for uh for somebody else mm -hmm. that's great advice and even just for um differentiating companies from each other you go on some of these websites and it's the same kind of words it's like well what do you actually do and how is it different i think that advice can lend itself to a lot of different scenarios in the space right now no yeah i mean we can all cloak ourselves in as much jargon as we want but yeah you have to kind of cut away all of that and um you know be be real with me for a second we're all human beings we're all trying to figure this out like uh -huh. help me out here you know yes i love that that's refreshing um yeah. and lastly what show are you watching right now so i'm actually uh, so i should confess i'm a lunatic soccer fan and oh, as, okay. we, uh, as we speak we're a few days out from the start of the world cup and i'm so excited um and i have been watching um, a it's a four part mini series on Netflix about corruption in FIFA, the world governing body, oh. and it is it is part soccer story, part it's it's almost like a mob story. Wow! Um, you, you know the, these guys are peddling influence and selling votes, and there's all kinds of skimming off the top, and there's this whole cast of characters, some of whom I recognize from books, and some of whom I. I hadn't really run into before um it's it's really interesting um mm. and so that's that's a big one that i'm thinking about right now um what's your uh who's your team 
Yeah, only really the England national team. I don't have okay. a club team. Um, so I'm, but I'm looking forward to the the World Cup and seeing how well uh, how well England do. I'm kind of crossing everything that we uh, we do all right. Yeah, that's fun. I love that. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, I'm watching like some fun stuff as well. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham is another good one on Hulu. That's another soccer one. Oh. Um, and uh, if anyone hasn't seen The Bear on uh, on Hulu as well, it's about a um, a chef who was at a Michelin-starred restaurant in New York, but then goes back to Chicago to work at his family's sandwich shop. And it is, I, I think it was, what is it, six or seven episodes, 20-something mm-hmm. minutes each. Okay. And it was so good, and it doesn't feel scripted. And I, I, I just loved it. That sounds awesome. I love a 20 minute episode. So I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. It's great when you can just digest things like that. It's uh it's yeah. good fun. Exactly. Great. Well, uh Chris, before we wrap up, anything else that you you want to share? Um yeah, I mean read read my newsletters. GCN does newsletters every day. Um please subscribe and please subscribe to the entirety of the government executive media groups um mm-hmm. publications. We have a whole host of them for very in various fields and various uh you know um parts of, of of government um journalism. Um so it's a great company to work for. So I'm I'm really glad to be there. Yeah, no, we are definitely big fans of the GovExec group as well and have had a, a number of um of your team members on the podcast as well. So we always enjoy talking to you all and hearing about the different types of publications that that GovExec has. Yeah, there's so there's there's a lot of us now. So uh, mm-hmm. we're uh and and we're going to be um, you know, continuing to add. So uh, it's uh it's it's a good time to be uh, with the company. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Chris, thank you so much for chatting with me this afternoon. It was great to get to know you more and learn more about the topics that you're covering at GCN. Yeah, thanks, Christine. It was a, it was a pleasure to join you. And thank you for everyone who tuned in for this episode of Inside the Media Minds. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.